What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and have someone else load in your gear for you. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. I'm Dan Ray coming to you from Greensboro, North Carolina. What's up, Dan? Oh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Had a week off here. It's pretty amazing. Yep. I'll tell you, I am, uh, I'm bringing in a, a B drummer. All right. So we're, we're working subs in working subs in and he's, um, but he's gonna be my regular sub. He's not in a regular gig right now. He, he, um, he's available. Um, and I'm just finding that it's very, when you've got a guy who's your guy and you're used to his groove, yep. a, another groove that is pr- a perfectly acceptable groove is, um, well, it's just hard to get your head around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's got their own kind of flair and, yeah. um, yeah, it, it definitely, you know, it changes the, it's the heartbeat of the band. So, yeah. um, I will yeah. say that playing to, uh, to clicks kind of helps alleviate that to a, a certain degree, yeah. but, um, I kind of dig playing with new drummers because they, sometimes they'll put a different spin on something and, um, you know, just hearing something new and exciting behind you can be fun. So yeah, there've definitely been moments of that. Although, um, there've also been moments where like, <laughs> I find myself saying, what he just did is absolutely fine, but it's not at all what I want. Like, yep. <laughs> how do I, you know, squaring that in my head has been interesting yeah. this last week. Yeah. Working, working people in can be uh, a, a real exercise. Um, and it's, uh, it just, it just, you know, hopefully you've, you know, you find that, uh, you value your main guys more, um, instead of the other way around when a sub comes in and completely, you know, outshines right. your, your right. main dude, right. then uh, he's got problems. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, my, my drummer has very little risk of being outshone. He's pretty spectacular. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we, um, we started, well, we didn't start. We have, we're kind of in the, in the throes of rehearsals for Fanny Pack Friday. Um, kind of been updating our promo material to include this whole nineties, uh, deal in our, um, in our repertoire. So I just kind of prepping for that. And I, I bought a couple new toys. Uh, one of them being the microphone I am, uh, broadcasting with this evening. It's a gorgeous, uh, black edition, super 55 shore. One of those old school Elvis looking microphones. Uh, it sounds pretty good and, um, it looks really cool. You may have to grow a pompadour to sing into it though. All right. You should see, you know, more recent photos. I'm, I, I can, I can get some height. All right, good. And, and, uh, back in the day I had like, like a four inch pop. So sweet. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. The other thing I bought was an Alesis vortex wireless Mark two, just like the one that you got it did the best. Yeah. I, uh, I plugged it in last night at the end of rehearsal just to kind of mess around. Um, and it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. But I, apparently, I need to update something in the firmware because it was uh, they're having some issue with uh, with stuck notes and uh, on the forums. That's apparently a thing, so I need to plug it in and mess around with it a little bit. Huh. I haven't uh, haven't kept up with the forums. I'll have to check that out. Well, I, I wouldn't have looked it up unless I had run into that issue. So I, see. I hope it doesn't happen for you. Yeah. So we are going to talk about the. This is this is the musician's guide to riches and fame in the music industry. <laughs> Better known as how do I get gigs? Yep. Yep, it's a big topic that is uh um much discussed and um we uh it, here's the thing Adam, I think you and I have very uh different targets in our bands. You know, you I'm I'm interested in what you have to say about how you find 
opportunities as a function band. And I have a lot to say about how to find gigs as a bar band. So, yeah. Um, uh, but there was something you wanted to, to sort of segue into it with, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if in the, for the, uh, dealing with transparency, I suppose, or, uh, or being transparent, I would say, um, I have been in a period where we're, we're kind of up, you know, we're prepping for this gig that we've got coming up. And so we have not been playing as much as we normally do. And, um, I'm starting to just kind of, I was starting to kind of get into this, this mindset of, uh, of, you know, that we're missing out somehow. Uh, I've been hitting, I've been suffering from FOMO pretty bad. And I was, trying to put my head around, you know, the best way to approach it and what to talk about this evening. And lo and behold, before I headed out uh, from work today, I get this lovely email from Reverb Nation with a little article called Five Ways to Avoid Playing the Comparison Game. So instead of regaling you with all of the uh, the information, I will include a link in the uh, in the show notes for you to go in and check that out. But basically the the main thing was is that i was operating in at least in this moment in a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset so when i see other bands that are taking gigs and while we are you know for all intents and purposes sitting at home uh i should look at that as a good thing because there's lots of business to go around and there's lots of shows to be played and even though we aren't the band that's playing those other bands are playing it and you know in the grand scheme of things, more gigs for more bands is good for business. So that's, that was my takeaway from uh, kind of resetting my, my mindset there. Yeah, that's good. It's definitely true. You know, I've had, I've had situations where um, a friend of mine double booked himself in, uh, or got double booked as complicated in, um, in the entry location of a three store chain of of restaurants that do music and um and i've wanted to crack this this set of venues forever and the guy just does not return emails uh, there's like no way to get him and um and so then i heard like this guy a friend of mine has a gig there but can't make it and he reached out to me to say could we take it and we could and uh he was going to put us in for it it was like going to be a slam dunk and then uh it turned out like a local guy who is very prominent and plays in all of those all the time, like texted the dude that you can't get a hold of and grabbed that gig before my friend could even put us in for it. And it was like, huh, you know, this, what does that guy need with another gig? He's, play, he's playing every night. You know, was, I had a whole, that whole moment of like, I deserved that. It got taken from me, like a very unproductive um, path to go down about it. And um, yeah, you know, at some point um, you just kind of have to, look at it as a as a marketplace that has inventory that you're in competition for and that's a healthy thing and um you know just like you said the more um the more i see other bands playing i can actually i can choose to respond to that with jealousy and with you know that should have been mine or i can choose to call it um you know my scene being thriving and growing and um one's going to leave me with a a positive experience of life and the other, not so much. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, it's, it's, you know, I have, it's a self doubt thing for me. So, you know, the band's been quiet for three weeks and, you know, it makes me feel like I, I start that internal dialogue that like somehow the momentum is over and, you know, we're going <laughs> to get together and it's all, it's going to be terrible. And then, you know, we got together and rehearsed last night and had a bunch of fun and I was like, Oh, this is actually like, we're, 
we're going to be okay. And it's not like we aren't going to be okay. It's just, you know, me telling myself, you know, all the stuff that, you know, you tell yourself when you, you know, when you're in a, in a weak spot, you know, it's part of why conversations like this and, you know, online groups for band folk, I think are so important because we, we, you know, left to my own devices, I'm going to go to a negative place when things like that happen. And, Right. And it's not like you and I are the only, we're experiencing these, well, these no, feelings in no, a vacuum. No, so, not. you know, yeah. this, this yeah. is for everybody. Um, and, and maybe you listen to this and you go, wow, uh, that guy's <laughs> got issues. Uh, get, yeah, yeah, get in line. Um, you know, my, my therapist yeah. would agree with you. Yeah. I'm keeping, you know, I'm yeah. keeping her lights on. So, so let's do the, uh, let's do the old switcheroo and talk about how we, make big bucks playing yeah. music. Well, um, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take it away, big, Dan. Big Get bucks at a hundred bucks a head. Um, so, uh, yep. you know, um, the Clanky Lincolns is fundamentally a bar band. We're working on transitioning into weddings. We've done some private parties and some corporate events and some, um, did a party for the junior league a few months back. Um, that was bonkers, by the way. I don't know if you ever played for the junior league. Those, uh, those ladies know how to party. It's, um, by the end of the night, we were hip deep in drunk white ladies. It was incredible. Um, but primarily we're a bar band and that's really where we focused. And, um, and our strategy was to get first gigs in a whole lot of places and really impress the Mm -hmm. people and get on rotation. And, um, you know, I sent out emails. I must have sent emails to a hundred venues. Any guess at my response rate? Any guess? Um, I think the average for email res- email blasts or those kinds of things is somewhere sh- like l- south of fourteen oh percent. Well, mine was way south of fourteen <laughs> percent. I heard back from <laughs> one venue to say. We're not booking yeah. now, uh, but it was like I celebrated yeah. that one response. You wouldn't believe I danced around. And some, someone's alive out there. My emails all you know actually went. Um, I hear a lot of people you trying to use email as their means of first contact and their means of keeping up contact, and I am here to tell you that does not work. Um, yeah, it's 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 the um, it's the path of least resistance because it involves very little. Yeah, effort. but it also involves very little effort for them to delete it. It's, it's nothing. Right. Now, um, yeah. we did get a gig because we walked into a place and the manager said, oh, have you, you got an email. You got an email. And I was able to say, well, I did email. I actually emailed twice. He was like, oh. <laughs> and suddenly we were in a conversation, <laughs> right? Like he had something to kind of apologize for about not responding to my email as if he ever did. I mean, but, but then he doesn't usually right. get confronted about it, right? Um, so email is... Um, uh, I don't know. It might be an okay way to sort of stay not in the very dustiest part of their mind, but you cannot think that you're moving the conversation forward. If you email. Yeah. I, I think email does serve a, serve a place because as far as engagement goes, um, in digital form, it is still King. Um, all the statistics. I mean, I, I, I work in a, in an organization that, that utilizes, um, email campaigns pretty extensively and um, the metrics do back that up, but it's no, it's by no stretch, you know, a, a replacement for, you know, 
one-on-one personal yeah, and, and I should be clear. I'm talking about. I'm talking specifically about emailing uh, venues to talk about gigs. Right. I have an email yeah. list that is fans, and uh, we mm-hmm. neglected it for quite some time. It's not as big as I'd like it to be, but uh, I mean, our open rate is in the high 70s, which is very, very good for these sorts of things. Um, yeah. I, I put a lot into each email. I, I don't send more than one a month, and I make it really fun and really great. And I include a lot of sort of insider stuff you know when we when we moved practice spaces i documented all of that made a little video of it and, and sent it out on the mailing list and that's the only place i put it so it's, we i try to have it be exclusive kind of stuff that goes out to those guys and then you know if i leave a show without getting four five six email addresses you know shame on me i, I that, that really is i'm really focusing on that in terms of people who might come to gigs and I think that's very powerful. Um, I've never gotten yeah. any traction emailing to book a gig. I, I just don't think that's a winner at all. Um, yeah. The thing that we have found works is to show up in person. And mm-hmm. I made a very nice flyer, a two, two-sided um, legal size thing that has great pictures of us and some samples of our out of our set list. And uh, it's well-designed and well-put-together. And I... Um, uh, that's better by the way, having a flyer, uh, is better than a business card because it's awful easy to just tuck a business card away and never think about it again. And this flyer is kind of awkward. It's legal size, right? So it doesn't, doesn't even fit right. in your, you know, binder, right? It doesn't, you know, you, you have to like, it, it's, it's, they have to deal with it and I want them to have to deal with it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna sit on the bar because there's nowhere else for it to go. So they're they're gonna be yeah, forced to look at it. It sticks out of their book and they have to flip past it. Yeah, wh- I want it to be a little. Uh, I want it to be in their face. I don't mind if it's annoying them a little bit. That's okay with me. Um, yeah. And I have gotten our very first two gigs we booked. We literally walked into a, a place that I knew occasionally did music, but not all the time, and waited out the manager until he got done doing managey stuff. He made us sit there for about half an hour until he came over and talked to us. Um, and typically, I do this with Justin. We do this in, in, in pairs, um, uh, yeah. just because it's easier to keep your spirits up. Um, you know, it's a little easier to sort of play off each other and, um, keep the energy up. Uh, but we literally booked two dates there with a guy who'd never heard us before. And we actually hadn't played out yet. Um, on the strength of our marketing materials, he looked at that thing and he said, man, nobody's doing this. Like he could, he could tell we were serious. He could tell we were putting something into it. We weren't just guys in a garage. Um, and it really made a difference. It, it, it booked us our first two gigs and, um, and it continues to, when we walk into a venue and, um, find the decision maker, which is crucial, um, and show that. Yeah. You can waste a lot of time showing up to a bar and not knowing who to yeah. talk to or when yeah. they work. Yeah. No, listen, I have found that Saturday afternoon at about three is the golden time to do this because lunch is over. Dinner hasn't started yet. It's pretty quiet in there. And I find that a lot of bar managers work on Saturdays. So that has been our successful time. Um, what you want to do, here's our formula, walk in, buy a beer, sit, right? Sit at the bar and just be, I love just it be so a far. person. Don't be, don't be there to sell. Just be a, you know, a couple of guys out for a beer and then ask your bartender, say, Hey, uh, I'll show you guys do live music here. They say, yeah, yeah, we do every week. Like, great. Who does the booking for that? And they'll say, oh, Steve, he's right over there. It's like, oh, great. Can we, do you think we get a minute with him? Do you think he's busy? So oh, no, let me grab him for you. I've had that exact interchange. I don't know. In the last year, 50 to 75 times. Um, then Steve comes over and you chat, however you chat with Steve, but he's the guy you give the form to. He's the guy 
um, with the calendar, ideally, um, you want to think through, if you remember back in our uh, branding episode, we talked about, you know, the, the mm-hmm. words you use to describe your band are critical and you need to have basically an elevator pitch that says what you are and what you do and why you're different from the 50 other bands he's talked to in the last month. And, um, I can't give you that. I can tell you ours, which is that we're really high energy, super fun dance music. We're out in the crowd. We, all, we play wireless. Justin and I both are wireless. So we're out in the crowd and dancing and singing with them and partying with them. We're, um, you know, p- people come away feeling like they were part of the party. Like we don't play music to them. They're, we, we embrace the people and they're, everybody leaves having had a great time. And that's just, that's who we are. And we can keep a crowd there all night long, keep them dancing, keep them drinking. Our people come and eat. Uh, you know, it's, it's great for everybody. Yeah. And, um, that is a, that's a solid yeah, I mean, plan. That's, that's basically our pitch. And it's, it's, um, what the first times we did it, we did it, um, speculating that it was going to go that way. And now we have a track record. That's actually how it goes. We're really confident yeah. delivering on that. So, um, a lot of times what the bar, bar guy is going to say, or girl is going to say is, um, you know, email me some samples, email me, email, you have, you have a Facebook, Something like that I can look at. Yeah. Here's what I here's what I have done. Yeah. I have walked in at that point. He didn't notice, but I've walked in with my iPad with videos of us all queued up and ready to go. And I pull it out and I show them videos of us right there. And oftentimes in a bar, even at three, it's hard to hear, you know, what we sound like on an iPad. Um, but it doesn't matter. They can see that we've been on a stage with real lights and real people dancing around us. And it gives us the kind of credibility that they're looking for. That's all they really want when they go to Facebook is to see that we are for real. They, they actually don't care yeah. how we sound. That's not important to them. Yeah. It, it, little inside tip. If you are playing in, um, in clubs, they really just want you there to keep people in the bar and to yep. keep them drinking. Uh, how you sound, the songs you choose, the medleys or not medleys you choose to play have very little to do with whether or not the bar yeah. likes you. If you show up and people come and they drink, yep. they like you. Yep. The rest of it is kind yep. of now, incidental. Bar staff likes you if you perform well, but but they're not the yeah, decision no, maker. So the, the bartenders, yeah, the, the bartenders are the uh, are the the barometer of the performance right. itself. Exactly. You know, cause they, they have to be there. Um, and if you can get, if you can tell that they're enjoying themselves, then, you know, that's, that's kind of my, you know, yeah. indication of whether or not we're going to do a I had a bartender tell me a couple of weeks ago, oh man, you guys make my night go by fast. <laughs> that's all that. that matters. That's such a great piece of feedback. It's so cool. Yeah. Anyway, so there you have, um, so now you have, and, and by the way, you don't want to, you don't want to, the thing that turns people off from salespeople is that you can see them working to overcome your objection, right? And you know mm-hmm. that they've got some argument in their pocket to take away whatever you would have to say to them to, 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 to put the brakes on the sales process. So you don't want to come off like that. You don't want to, you know, oh, oh, let me, I'll check out your Facebook. Well, I'll tell you what, I got videos right here. If you'd like to just always make it an offer, not like a, well, I got you. You don't need to wait. Look right here. You know, your, your, um, your bearing and your demeanor as you're having these conversations is absolutely critical. It's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. What I would say is you, you, you have to find the perfect blend between confident and not desperate. Uh, there's it's somewhere in the middle in terms of well um, yeah the confidence um uh 
is certainly part of it. But I and and I will say I I tend to lean toward aggressive in these conversations. I have to I have to sort of pull myself back some. The place that I want to come from is a place of partnership, a place of understanding their needs. And you know, their need is to have the till ring up big at the end of the night. That is their need. And you know, mm-hmm. if I can speak to that and tell them I understand that, that is that's really that's really what they're looking to hear. I have um the next conversation is all right, well, let's get out our calendars. And um that's a little bit like asking somebody to marry you. That's a little bit like, you know, <laughs> that's we're, we're yeah, it's the like, question now, right? Yeah, yeah. You ask somebody on a date and they go, Yeah, how about right yeah. now? And yeah, you know, that's that that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I um I have developed a lot of grace with that kind of question, even to the point where people say, Well, you know, I don't my calendar's all the way in the back. And I'll say, it's it's fine, I'll wait. Like Yeah. And, and and amazingly, they almost always go, oh, okay, and they go get their calendar. Um, there is a real fine line about not being a total jerk when you do that, and you have to have established um, that you're there as a partner. You have to have established a, a lot of rapport to be able to pull off that sort mm-hmm. of, you know, pretty assertive move. Um, what happens if you don't do that is they say, well, I'll check you out. I'll get back to you, whatever. And, and I, listen, I don't always leave this conversation with a gig. Most times I don't. All right. Um, what you don't want to do is leave with the agreement that they're going to get back to you because they will not get back to you. A bar manager, bar manager handles 10,000 details a night and you are not one of them. So it's not personal and it's not, they're not being jerks. They're just, you're not going to be on their radar unless you do something to stay on their radar. Well, yeah. And, and you also need to be able to read the room. Like, you know, if you do come in at your 3 PM slot and they're, they're slammed or there's a lot going on. No, no one, you know, when it's time to, you know, to pull like, thank you for your time. And, you know, maybe try again some other time, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, it is very delicate because it is, um, you know, it's a business proposition and you want to make sure that you posture yourself in a way that's respectful to them, but also confident enough for them to want to partner right. with you. Cause that's what, that's what this is. It's yep. a partnership. They're, you know, they're relying on you in good faith to, uh, to provide a service and, uh, you're relying on them to, um, you know, yeah. pay you. Yeah. I mean, and, and being respectful is, um, even though I know it would be really easy to take some of the things I've said and turn them into like, alpha sales jerk moves um the other side of it is you really do i was at a restaurant um world of beer do you have world of beer in atlanta we do not it sounds pretty awesome they have a a big beer (laughs) selection the food's really good and they do music it's part of their thing and um so i was there just having lunch with my family and on a sunday and uh and i hadn't ever talked to them before but i knew the manager's name just incidentally so i asked my waitress um if she was around and she said, well, yeah, she's actually over at that table over there. And I was like, really? She said, yeah, it's her day off. I was like, okay, I'm not going to bother her on her day off. I want to talk to her about my band being here, but we're not doing that while she's here, like eating yeah. with her family. We're not, we're not doing that today. And, uh, but you know, I found out when she would be in and I followed up later and, um, that's a conversation that's ongoing. I, I, you, you know, you're going to have some, um, conversations that are going to take a few contacts and a few, 
tries to reach and a few calls back, hopefully, and, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing that's really, really important is to stay organized about your contacts, the venues you've been into, who the contact was, their contact information, to keep a record of when you talk to them, what you talked about. Because if you beat the streets the way we've been doing, you're going to end up with a Rolodex that is a hundred venues long and you're not going to remember that this one was steve and that one was sally that's you know so we actually use the contact section of the band helper app which has been great great for that and but you not don't need to tool spreadsheet to do fine yeah just some sort of crm system you know just to maintain records if you want but don't count on your memory that won't work and then I think I think the last cool. thing I'd say is that it really is um, relationship building is so 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 key to this. You know, we we are now um, in rotation at three venues, two of which are owned by the same guy, and we played tailgaters and just tore it up. And the woman who books there adores us and um, hired us for New Year's, and you know we're we're in there, and she made darn sure that the owner of both places, Brian, was there the second time we played. He wasn't mm-hmm. there the first time. He missed us. She told him we were phenomenal and all that, you know, just like totally talked us up. But she said to him, you got to be here when these guys are playing this Saturday because you need to hear them because you need them in your other venue. And um, and he came and was, uh, you know, great to interact with and work with and, and, and liked our show and had us at his other spot um, three weeks later. And now we're regular on both of them. And, and it really is about, um, you could be very cynical about working those relationships for maximum advantage. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but it always needs to be in a, in a context of partnership and in a context of, um, working with people, you know, bookers have calendars to fill. They're under the gun about that. And if a band doesn't perform there, you know, that's kind of on them. And, uh, and yep. by perform, I mean perform financially for the, for the, for the bar. Um, right. So they're always looking and they're always working and there's a lot of pressure in that role. And part of the pressure is the constant stream of inquiries from bands. So not only do you have to stand out, you, you want to stand out in a way that speaks to what they're dealing with, which is I got a boss who is you know, always looking at the, at the numbers at the end of the night when we have music and assessing me. And I got got this flood of people who want to, who are totally untested and I don't know if I can trust them. Um, and so how do you be the band that comes in and says, look, I'm the solution to that whole problem. Yeah. And, and, and being able to deliver the goods on top of it. Well, you better be if you, yeah, if if not, you're the solution to that problem once, (laughs) but you're not coming back. No. yep yeah, yeah. Good so stuff. that's that's um i'm looking to see if there's anything else i want to say about booking at bars um you know some some places just aren't right for your band and you should not waste time on them yeah um we definitely have some places where um live music is definitely popular at those spots but we don't provide the kind of uh of show that uh that their clientele is yeah. interested in you know there are a couple of pretty solid rock clubs that don't need another 80s band or don't need another 80s band that plays the songs mm-hmm. that we play or the way that we play them so you know that it is what it is um 
and you just kind of have to, you know, again, that's that whole mindset, you, you know, just say, Hey, this is good for these people. It's, it's this own, you know, it's, it's this small community and it works for, uh, for these bands and, and, you know, they're bringing live music yeah. to these places. Yeah. So, you know, more yeah. power to you them. Know, the other thing that's great is to have a white whale or two, you know, there, there are a couple of places mm-hmm. that I have really wanted to play. There's a bar called, um, sawmill that is just a hole in the wall you would uh, it's in a strip mall you'd never know that lurking inside there is one of the best live music audiences in the in the region um and if you went in you know before the band started and looked around you'd be like this place but honestly god they're the most fun to play for i've and i've never played there but i've been in the audience many times when bands i love to play it and, and the feedback that i've i mean what i've seen in the room and the feedback from those bands has been like unbelievable place to play and they tip like crazy um, and we've, we got a gig there and we're very excited about it and really want to parlay it into a regular thing. There's a venue that just opened in Winston-Salem called the Ramcat. And I don't know the story behind that name, but, um, it's a very large club. It's two stories. Like as you play on the stage, you're looking at a f- ground floor that would standing probably hold 500 and a balcony that would be another 350. Um, and cool. they ha- they're going to have, and are already having, um, pretty major touring names. I mean, if you're not, if you're playing somewhere short of a stadium or a big theater, this is where you'll be. Um, they had, uh, blues traveler in there. Um, so those kinds of names and I'm clear we will never be a headliner there, but it is, it is my white whale to be an opener there. I want to open for somebody cool. Um, and we'd be a killer opening act. We, we can get a crowd going. Um, so, you know, getting in touch with those guys and talking with those guys about that. Um, uh, so far we have not found exactly the person to light that conversation on fire, but, uh, but you know, it's great Mm -hmm. to have some like bucket list locations that you can just, you know, keep an ear out for opportunities and somebody knows somebody and can connect you. And that, you know, that, that part of this whole thing is really fun for me. I really, um, I like the sales aspect of it. And, uh, and I know there are a lot of people who I say sales and they, they start to, you know, wretch. Um, and I get that, but, um, you know, you want to think of it just in terms of what are you building? What kind of community are you putting together? What kind of scene are you putting together? And, uh, and, and how are you being a prominent part of that? Well, and also what, what goals are you setting? I mean, you know, if, if this is something that you take seriously, you should, you know, look at opportunities and, 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 you know, find things to aspire to. Um, you know, there's definitely, there's a list of, of, uh, venues, um, that we would like to, to do events at. Um, we, we got real close. Um, there, there was a, an event that we were in the running for, we ended up getting it and it was going to be at the, uh, at the Roxy theater, uh, which is, uh, at the new brave mm. stadium. Um, and we ended up, like I said, we ended up playing the gig, but they moved the venue because it was cheaper to do it at a at an adjacent venue that had more to offer uh, the guests than just a big honking yeah. stage. Um, so we still got to play, but it wasn't, you know, it was it was just yeah. next door. But uh, it was still cool, and it's still, you know, it's still attainable. It's on the list, uh, but there's a handful of those, and it's 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 important to set goals, um, you know, and and have something to strive to because it keeps you hungry, it keeps you uh, yep. focused. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Well, so talk talk to us then about um, functions and events and the kind of stuff you guys do. So you're not going to like this answer, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the way that we typically so we'll, let's start from the beginning. Um, this band kind of had its, uh, its Genesis as a bar band, um, playing wild wings. And we played a few, you know, we were playing all up, 
up and down Tennessee and Georgia and South Carolina in this, in this region. Um, and while that was happening, I was also, um, I was doing sub work for, um, for Yacht Rock Review and Yacht Rock Schooner. And at some point they got so busy that they actually created their own agency, uh, called Please Rock. So, um, it got to the point where I had the lineup pretty solid and, um, and was just kind of ready for the next step. So I, uh, I set up a meeting with one of the main guys and, you know, I just went over to his house and I was like, look, you guys, it doesn't seem like you guys have an eighties band. I think we can fill that spot. Um, we'd love to work with you. And they said, okay. And you know, we, we basically made the jump to private events like Mm -hmm. that. Um, before that though, uh, while playing, you know, these public events and these bar gigs, we were booking weddings because, you know, we played a show and a couple came up to us and they were like, do you guys do weddings? And I was like, we do now. (laughs) Um, and we booked that date and it's, it's funny, you know, talk about full circle today is their, uh, their fourth wedding anniversary, which is the first wedding we ever did. And that's one of our, one of the things we, you know, we mentioned on stage. One of the other things that we do when we play public events is we tell people that we play private events. Um, and we, you know, our, our running joke is, is that we've got a, a 100% wedding success rate. So every wedding we played, they're still nice. married. Um, you know, it's a good, you know, we've got a good track yeah. record as yeah. far as that goes. That's yeah, important. But yeah, um, you know, we went, we went from doing public stuff to private stuff and we did exclusively private stuff for a while. Um, and when we started doing that, we, you know, we, we got business cards and we just started handing them out. Um, because what typically what's going on is if you're playing a private event, it's a lot of different, it's either, it's two kinds of things. It's either, you know, it's a corporate thing and it's all, you know, one group of people who work at the same place, but maybe they've got a birthday party coming up or they've got some sort of event that they want to, you know, they may want to band at. Um, the other one is, you know, things like conventions or weddings where it's a bunch of different people from a bunch of different places. Um, and so, you know, those tend to be the more lucrative opportunities because, you know, you give out your information and, you know, it goes places, it goes, you know, to different states and it goes to different companies. And, you know, sometimes though, well, not sometimes a lot of the, a lot of times those, um, those turn around and, um, and drum up business. The, the other thing that we just did, um, is we sent out a big email blast, um, to our, uh, to our mailing list and and our contacts. Uh, and it did, we actually picked up a lead this morning from the email that we sent out yesterday. Um, I think we sent it out to about 550 people and we're currently sitting at 28% open and, um, already have prospective dates thrown out. So, um, you know, we, like we've said on every other episode, there's, (laughs) there is no one way to do this. Um, and there's, 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 you know, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no silver bullet. But um, the thing that has worked for us is is to make sure that we have promo material. And the other way that we drum up business, to be perfectly honest, is a website. Our website is where we get most of our leads from. Um, you know, we've got good SEO, so we we turn up high on the um, on internet searches for the kind of band that we are. And um, we've we've done a couple of things in sales. Um, there are these especially in, in web sales, there are these concepts of funnels. So basically you start out with, you know, somebody starts out at, at the wide, at, at a wide point. In our case, it's, it's our, uh, the homepage of our website. And you're trying to kind of lure them into a more focused area of the site. 
um, for us, that focused, you know, area is the contact page. So one of the things that we did was we put a, um, we put a, 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 in big letters, it says save $500. So sign up now to save $500 off your next booking. And then that takes them directly to our, um, to our booking contact site. And, you know, that's where, you know, that's where those leads come in. So, um, and it has worked for us pretty well. Um, and, and we are, you know, we do have a couple agencies that we work with, but I'd say probably 90% of the shows that we book, uh, we're doing under our own steam. Um, and then we do, you know, we still play, uh, we play bar gigs and public events, um, as, as a way to, you know, to stay visible for the, for the public and to give people opportunities to come and see us. And, um, those typically, you know, they turn into private work. So, cool. um, even, even the rough ones, like, you know, we'll play, we played a wild wing gig a few months back and it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't, we had played, you know, a $3,000 date the night before. And it was just kind of like, Ugh, but we picked up another gig. So, you know, it's all worth yeah. it. You got to kind of look at it, you know, in a, in a holistic yeah. way, you know, you know, the low paying gigs can begat bigger paying gigs and that kind Absolutely. of stuff. So, you know, the, the, um, junior league show that I mentioned a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. the woman who organized that actually reached out and inquired about us doing a wedding, um, last week. So yep. yeah, ev- every gig should parlay into the next one. Yeah. The, the one that we did, um, a couple about, about a month ago, we did, um, an event for the Georgia trial lawyers association nice. that was at, um, at the Ritz. It was a fancy, mm. fancy event. And, um, it's a bunch of lawyers from a bunch of law practices all over the state. And, um, typically what happens is we get, we start getting calls around the holiday season. Are you guys available? And we do, you know, we're doing our Christmas parties for roughly what we, you know, what we were making for that gala. Um, it's, it's awesome work. And, um, you know, we, we just kind of lucked out in, um, in those, uh, somebody knew us and recommended us and we did a good enough job and they've hired us, you know, the second year they've hired us and maybe they'll have us another year or, you know, that we might've, hit our, uh, our grace point and we'll be on to the next one, but, um, it's all good. Yeah. Good. And then, um, how about, uh, gig masters, gig salad, thumbtack, all those sorts of things. How do yep. those do for you? So, um, we currently have a paid membership for gig masters and a paid version for gig salad. We are on thumbtack, but we do not use it anymore. I probably have 40 or 50 bucks in credits. I, I probably should just go ahead and spend them just to, just to get them, you know, out of the system. But um. We've tried gig masters. We tried gig masters probably mo- multiple times over the four or five years we've been we've been at this. This year has been the first year where it really has paid off. Mm. We've grossed somewhere north of ten grand this year uh, on gig masters. Um, and really, what it was is we just kind of we kept plugging away, um, and we got one booking. And when we got the first booking, we got a great review and that one begat another one. And that gave us another great review. So it gives you a little bit of momentum and it establishes you on the platform. Um, the one thing that we struggle with, and I think a lot of other bands struggle with on that platform is that we are not a bargain basement product. Um, and I've talked to, you know, prospective clients. Cause one of the things that we typically do is we call, um, the contacts after we, 
you know, after we submit our pitch, uh, a lot of bands don't do that. And most of them, you know, if they end up going with somebody else, they'll, they'll be like, you know, an eight piece band with a horn section said they do it for $800. Mm. And I'm like, I, I, I won't compete yeah. with that. I could compete with it, but I, I choose yeah. not to. Yeah. And, and the same goes with the, with the bar gigs, you know, we will typically play a gig for uh, for a venue um, at the agreed upon price the first time, but we will negotiate in the future. Um, and some venues that means that we um, we don't play there very often. But we, I think that's one of the you know a lot of people ask, hey, how do you you know how do you get to a certain price point? And the fact of the matter is, is that you set a price and you stick to yeah. it. So, you know, we played a gig at, um, at a bar around here and, you know, we crushed it. We, you know, we gave them the, you know, the top dollar experience with our show. And they're like, we'd love to have you back. And I said, we'd love to come back. But unfortunately, you know, turning, saying yes to you means turning down private work and we're making X amount, uh, doing these private events. And, and we really can't do this for less than, you know, the price that we, that we said. And he said, you know, we, we can't really do that right now. We'll have to get back to you. And, and it sat, it sat for eight months mm. and we were busy. It wasn't that big of a deal, but eight months later, he emailed me back and he was like, we're ready to do this. Here's the, you know, this is agreed upon price. Let's, let's go ahead and book some dates. And, and we've been back. So, um, sticking to your guns, you know, and sometimes, you know, saying no to, to work can work to your advantage. Yeah. yeah it's kind of a weird question. How do you get to a price point? <laughs> you, yeah, you, it, you assert a price point. That's how you get there. Yeah, you, you know, it's it it is what the market will bear, and um, you know, and pricing does vary. I have a minimum that I can pay all my guys, and we will do something for that rate if it really, you know, if it really, if we really think it'll make an impact, uh, business wise. But you know, a lot of times it just sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze, or you know, I can't get all my guys out there. Um, it really hurts when, you know, the money's good, but like, I don't have my, you know, my, my main guys aren't available and, you know, turning down work. And I, I did, I had to do that in May. I was like, uh, it was a friend of mine. I was like, look, I, I can't give you the product that I feel comfortable providing. So I'm going to have to pass on this date. And another band who, you know, is in our, in our lane, got that gig over us. But, you know, I had to, I had to let it go because we, we really weren't, going to be able to do what we needed to do. Right. So, right. Right. You know, um, um, just cause we brought it up. Thumbtack recently changed their whole billing, their whole, uh, yeah. Billion pricing model. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I actually have, it's, it's 40 literal dollars as opposed to 26 credits well, or whatever. That. They stopped doing credits and started doing dollars, but they also, um, historically used to be, they charged you for every quote you put out. Mm-hmm. And now they don't do that. Now they charge you only for quotes you put out that the customer actually responds on. Gotcha. So, so they could, so does that mean they can open the quote, but if they don't, if they don't call you or respond to it, they, it doesn't count that's right. or that's right. Okay. That's right. And, and before it was, if they didn't open it, then after 48 hours, exactly, they get credit exactly. Back and that's still that. Yeah. You, they don't even charge you now. It's, um, only when somebody responds. And I think it used to be, I know for me when it, when I was getting charged for every quote I put out that the person looked at, um, 
man, I was so freaking selective. I was, mm-hmm. I was really careful about it because I wasn't going to throw money away on something that was not going to be a fit or speculative quote or whatever. Um, well, and you had said that you had had a really bad experience with a thumbtack gig. Was in that correct? One bad experience and one fantastic experience. And um, well, so, you know, uh, you know, batting 500 uh, yeah. is uh, whatever it is. Uh, but the, I think that the, probably they realized that their billing model was starving them for quotes. Yeah. And so um, ever since this change, I've quoted, I've been a lot looser about the quotes I've put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually... Because the platform is what it is, you still only get responses from one in six or eight or ten or something yeah. like that. Because again, I'm 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 like you on on that kind of gig. I'm not going to compete at the bottom of the market. Nope. Um, so I'm not responded to all that often, and that's cool. I'm happy to put out my template quote. It takes me three clicks and um, costs me nothing. So I like that change a lot that they've done. Um, hopefully, I have to give that a look. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's better for for vendors. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I have used thumbtack for other stuff, you know, plumbers and landscapers and that kind of thing. It is a good platform, uh, to get, to get jobs done. It's just, you know, I, I think this new model is probably better. I just kind of opted out and, you know, unsubscribed from their emails and stuff. So, um, I haven't really messed with it. I've, uh, you know, the, one of the other things that we have done, um, as far as chasing down leads and, and, and going after stuff as I I've hired an admin. Um, the guy who does our front of house, uh, also is our administrative person who, who chases down most of the leads. Good. Um, and basically the agreement that we have is that he gets, you know, a flat rate for the gigs that he works on, but he also gets 5% gross of anything he books. So, there are some gigs where he makes more than I do, right. um, which is a good deal on, on his end. So, um, and worth it. But for yeah, you. we, yeah, absolutely. Um, if he could just buy a bigger car and take the PA, I, you know, it would, <laughs> that, that's the only, that's a really only the other pinch point that I feel is, uh, being the sole person loading in and loading out. Yeah. Well, he just needs to book a few more gigs and afford a car. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's a good talk. I, you know, very good. I you think, know, it's, it's a topic I think we could do a lot of hours on, but, um, oh, sure. but I feel like we, I feel like we did, did a little more than just scratch the surface here. I think we got yeah. some meat on it. So yeah. Good and again, time. if, if you heard something that kind of piqued your interest, but we didn't dig into it, give us, uh, you know, shoot us an email, uh, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And also, um, you can join the, uh, the Facebook group. Uh, there's the page, but there's also a group that's, uh, that's a little more, uh, set up for uh for discussion and that kind of thing and we're always on there helping people out and shout out to uh all of our new uh our new followers and members who have uh hit us up yeah um i showed uh dan the the specs after the uh backtracks episode but we were we were number six uh in our in the performing arts category of podcasts so i i appreciate all of y'all's support it's been um it's been a fun ride um especially considering you know two months ago or three months ago we we were doing this you know by ourselves yeah, yeah. to La- no one last week i joked that hey we have not nobody listening well, yep then that to that episode where i said that we really had not nobody listening was, mm-hmm. well, did you look at the geography part of the stats on that site yeah it is almost entirely north america we've got a few um a few fans in in the uk apparently interestingly um, if you go back a couple of weeks uh mm-hmm. we were about a third of our downloads were in australia hmm I don't know what to make of that, but good day if you're listening. Yes. Uh, I've got some, some friends 
at, at work who are Aussies and they're wonderful people and yeah. they say funny things and they I do. appreciate them a lot. And also, I mean, you know, English people, they, they say wonderful things as well. My, uh, my father-in-law is, uh, is British and he, uh, I can hear him, man, he can read the phone book. It's uh <laughs> it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful speaking sound. It's very soothing. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to, to call it for this Here week. It Here it is. If you want to, if you want to pick a topic for us to discuss, shoot us an email again, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, but, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. Queensboro, North Carolina, Dan Wright. You are listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, Episode 11. Have a great week. <laughs>